So uh, here we are. Folks, we, we, we conclude this morning uh, our series on the emotionally healthy church. Uh, some of you are breathing a sigh of relief. Phew, goodness me. It's not going to be so heavy every week. And uh, for some of you, it's been a really significant time, though. And God's really been at work in your lives, which has been absolutely wonderful. For some of you, uh, it's the start of, of a journey for you. And uh, the journey, whilst we finish teaching on these on Sundays, doesn't mean to say it has to end for you at all. And uh, I want to conclude at the end, I'm going to give you a few ways that you can help continue to engage with what the Father's doing in your life and, and bringing about uh, emotionally healthy uh, life. Um, I want to highlight to you this book, which is where most of the good stuff has come from, and uh, get a hold of it if you'd like to, if you haven't already done so, and uh, read from it. It's been absolutely wonderful. Peter uh, Scazzaro and his wife, uh, Jerry, they lead a number of conferences uh, across, I guess, the world, but mainly in the States, where they pioneer lots of this stuff. And they, ha- they have these conferences where they gather pastors and leaders together. And at the end of it, at the end of the conference, they, uh, they kind of give the folks who've been at the, at the conference just a bit of time to reflect. And as we draw this to a close, I want us to reflect a little and to see, well, what is it? What are the things that kind of come up? And they, they ask them this question or to finish this sentence. And I want you just to listen to some of the things. The sentence begins, I am beginning to realize. So having had an intensive weekend of teaching, and we've had an intensive number of weeks of teaching on various subjects. We're asking you to contemplate and to kind of fill in the gap here. These are some of the things, that, some of the responses that are kind of given at the end of a conference. At the end of the sentence, I'm beginning to realize, if truth is not in my life, it should not be in my sermons. I have neglected my inner life. I have given away my walk with Jesus to manage my congregation, I have impoverished my marriage in the process. My stoicism in reality is a self-protective device and it demeans who God made me to be. I need to have more self-awareness. No more flying by the seat of my pants. Emotional health takes discipline and much hard work. I need to place a higher priority on time with God and trust him with the rest. My congregation needs emotionally healthy practices if we are going to mature as a family of faith. I am spiritually dry, running on empty. I need to slow down for Sabbath. I am more insecure and adverse to conflict than I admit. Exploring my past is not dwelling on my past. I take things too personally when it, when it does not... Um, when it is not my personal responsibility. The world will go on without me, but I cannot go on without Christ. Uh, my sense is, uh, as I read those things, responses by other people, mainly pastors and leaders, but it doesn't make any difference, that there will be many of those that ring true for you. They certainly do uh, for me. We want to conclude this series uh, on the principle of slowing down to lead with integrity, slowing life down. And as I read this chapter, as I've been preparing, it's been the most challenging one for me personally. Others, I feel like I've journeyed lots, uh, but I'm still very much a work in progress. 
But for this, this one in particular for me, I'm just being honest with you, uh, has been uh, a personal challenge for me. We need to slow down. And with that, we're going to pray right now. And, uh, and I'm just going to give a time of silence. I'm not going to pray anything. I'm just going to give some silence so that we experience everything that I want to then talk about. So if it helps to close your eyes, do that. If you don't want to, that's okay. But we're just going to pray and come before the Lord. Just let him speak. Just listen. Tell him what's on your mind, whatever it is. Amen. That's the sermon. It's not really, I've got some other stuff. That's it. It's stopping and reflecting, coming before the Lord, talking to him and allowing him to talk to you. That's it. You see, the thing is, we live in such a busy life, don't we? We're in such a hurry. Our technological advances and labor-saving devices have not made life any simpler. In some ways they have, but they've actually created more. And we live in this hustle and bustle of life that's, we're in such a rush already and our overly active minds and lifestyles. And we're known as a people, uh, we're known as human beings, but we're better described as human doings. And uh, we would do well to stop and slow down. Jesus was a busy man. During the three years he went on mission, he was... uh, one minute he's with the crowds, next minute he's got people that want to sign up and join his merry gang. Uh, next minute he's teaching, next minute he's healing, he's leading. And very often he wanted to get away and retreat. Although he was fully God, he was hu- fully human and he needed time alone with the Father. And in Luke 5 we read a story, Jesus just healed a man with leprosy. And, um, and he's told not to go and tell anyone. And he says this, yet the news about him spread all the more so that crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their illnesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Of course, Jesus not only modeled this kind of lifestyle, but he also taught others. In Matthew chapter 6, we read the Lord's Prayer. And in the verses preceding the Lord's Prayer that we, that we were taught as a child and we continue throughout our lives, uh, he basically makes a comparison. He says, don't pray like the religious people, like the hypocrites who like to go out into the public places and where it's all showy and pray these really grandiose kind of prayers. He says, I don't want you to do that. Instead, this is what I want you to do. This is read from the message in Matthew 6. Here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there. As simply and honestly as you can manage, the focus will shift from you to God and you'll begin to sense his grace. I'm ashamed to admit that this morning that my quiet time uh, was much more intentional, was much more of a habit when I was 16 years of age than now at 42. It was in those earlier years as a Christian that so much of my spiritual journey in life developed as, as a young man my time throughout university was spent, so much of it was alone in my room, praying, 
reading the Bible and, and listening to worship songs. I can imagine, not your average kind of student, but in those times, I just, I just came before the Lord and allowed to, as I dwelt in him, he allowed to, to speak. I'm ashamed to say that as I've gotten older and maybe life's gotten busier or maybe lots of other reasons, that is not so much of a habit. And I wish that Chantel was speaking right now, who wakes early than the rest of the house to pray and to read her Bible. She's so spiritual. But she does. Not all the time. Not this morning. But this is something to be addressed. It's not great. It's something to be addressed. And Peter Scazzaro says this, when our life with God is not sufficient to sustain our work for God, we find ourselves struggling with our integrity. I'm much better at doing than I am at being. But it's something that needs to change. Luke includes a well-known passage in his gospel account, which serves as a reminder to the things that really do count, that really do matter. Jesus He's on a long journey, he visits this village, it's so well known to many of us, but not to all of us, that he stops off and uh, he's invited in by these two sisters, Mary and Martha are their names. Mary, Mary, uh, Martha gets the hunt with Mary because she ain't kind of helping him make the tea. Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You can say, chill out, Martha. Take a, take a rest. Jesus says to Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away. Folks, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed. Indeed, only one. Our lives are busy, right? Let's not pretend that they're not. There's much that draws our attention away from him. There are many demands placed on our lives, and there's many demands that we place on ourselves. But there's one thing that is most important, and that's him. We need to practice letting go and letting him minister to us. So many of us get caught up in ministering to him and ministering to one another and ministering to our families and our jobs and our everything. And we neglect and we stop the one thing that he longs to minister to us as Mary did allow Jesus to minister to him, to her. Some of us need to rediscover the practice of Sabbath. 24 hours of, uh, of a period within our seven days for no work, for rest and for contemplation, from uh, just not doing all the things that need to be done. And that includes all the stuff around the house as well. It includes switching off the phone. It, it includes not being tempted to press the uh, the email icon on the phone so it downloads all the emails coming through. I did this weekend just because it almost happened. But sometimes and most weekends, I try at the weekends not to press the mailbox button because I might get some emails that might start drawing my attention to something when it's time to rest. It's time to be with family. It's time uh, to be with him. Jesus reminds us that the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. 
It's a gift to us and we should take it. And another gift to take is what others want to do for you. That other people want to actually minister to you and help you and support you and love you. And I know what it's like that so often we find that such a difficulty for people to do nice things for us. Because we're proud. And we say, oh no, 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 it's okay. No, I've got that. Even though you're thinking, flip, that would actually be quite nice. But again, Jesus models this brilliantly. Mary pours half a litre of perfume worth a year's wages over Jesus' feet and wipes it with her hair. And despite Judas', Judas attempts to sort of say, that's such a waste of money, Jesus. We could have given that year's wages to the poor. Jesus says to Judas, leave her alone. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. Jesus allows Mary to minister to him. And he models it to us. And we must allow people to help us, to minister to us, to, to encourage us, to bring us meals, to look after the kids, to do the run, to do whatever it might be to help and support one another. And I love it. I love it that that goes on amongst many of us within the church. I love that. But sometimes there needs to come a place and a time where we need to get over ourselves and just simply say, that's really great. Thank you. So grateful that you've done that for me. Thank you. And the time will come around when it's my turn to either do it back or to pass it on and do it for someone else. Last point before we come into land, and it's for those of us who are married. We must make time together a priority. Investing in our marriage, ministering to one another, not that it becomes a dependent relationship uh, between one and the other, but that we actually uh, help and support and encourage one another. But marriages take time and honesty and all of that good stuff. We want to champion marriage and we want to say yes to it in all of its goodness that God has for it and for us. Coming into land, and I really felt strongly that we should look at this this morning because I know that it's going to really minister to many people this morning. Another story of Jesus and his disciples. Jesus had a busy day teaching parables. There were crowds gathered and he needs to get some space. He says to his disciples, let's go. We need to get in the boat. We need to get away from the crowds. And so as evening came, he said to his disciples in Mark 4, we can follow if we want to, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, that's the back of the boat, and he's sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, he rebuked the wind, and he said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. A storm had come on the Sea of Galilee. The Sea of Galilee is quite a small place. It's not a massive ocean. It's actually quite a, quite a small sea as it was. But it was uh, it's typical for, for storms or squalls to kind of come up. And they're on this boat and they're crossing to the other side. Jesus is tired. He's had a busy day at the office. And he's at the back of the boat. He's sleeping on a cushion. 
And he's sleeping through this. And there's water breaking over and all the rest. And there's a couple of points really is this. In amongst the storm, he's asleep. And he's at rest. And he's at peace. And in amongst it, the, the disciples come to him. It's almost like this false accusation. They say, Jesus, don't you care that we drown? And so many of us, I'm sure, in our Christian lives, we've kind of gone before the Lord and said, don't you care that? And put in the gap. It's like, that's not a question. Of course he cares. And in that moment, he stills the waves and he stills the wind. And they're absolutely freaking out at that point, going, my goodness, even the waves obey him and all the rest. But it's the questions that he poses to the disciples, which he poses to us this morning. Is why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And amongst the storm, he is at rest. And amongst the storms of our lives, he comes. And he stands in the gap. And he stands there with you. And he's got this. He has got this. I know many of us are in a storm right now. And he stands in the center of the storm with you. And he's got it. He's got it. You're so worried about so many things. You're so upset about so many things. I include myself in this, you know. But only one thing, only one person, it's him. It's him. So instead of busying our lives, trying to fix the problems, trying to sort out the mess, we must just sit back, stand back, say, you can't. You can't. I can't do this. It's out of my control. It's out of my hands. In the storm, he comes. He doesn't always calm the storm. He does here. And eventually, the storm will pass. But sometimes he stands with us in the storm. Just holds our hand. He says, I've got this. You're okay here with me. So where do we go from here? Um, if Ban could get ready, that would be tremendous. Well, you know, we've said this time and time again. But for some, it's get help, you know. Get chatting with someone. Um, commit to community. Uh, we know it's happening. We're part of it. We're part of many of your lives and that's wonderful. And we know that so many of you are doing life with each other. Practice these principles. Folks, get the book or get a resource like it. Go back, listen to the teachings online. Reflect on them. Take time before him. Visit their website. They've got some great resources on the website. And the last thing to mention is that in the, uh, in the summer term, after Easter, we're going to run an emotionally healthy group. Um, certainly in the evening, maybe if there's uh, enough demand, or if there's enough uptake on it, maybe one in the daytime as well. It's just a group, gather together, just to journey this stuff just a little bit more uh, intentionally. So that will be coming, and uh, just a bit of a heads up. Why don't we stand together, we're going to worship the Lord, then we're going to pray.